If I was a female founder, I would want to be a female founder today because yes. there's so yes. many supports, resources. Yes. Welcome back, everybody, to the Founders Corner. In today's episode, I have a very special guest with me, Cindy, who is the CEO and founder of CarePal. Full disclosure, we were the ones that actually built her app, but I invited her to this podcast to tell her story from the very start of her project all the way to what it is today. And I'm super excited to introduce her because she's one of my favorites. I mean, all my clients are my favorites, but Cindy has a special place <laughs> in my heart for sure. Everybody say hello to Cindy. Hi, Cindy, how you doing? Hello, thank you for having me, Seth. Thank I'm you for joining wonderful. us. Yay. Yay. I love that. I'm, your, I'm only your favorite because you picked me up off the side of the road where I was curled <laughs> up and dying. <laughs> you took me home and fed me. You, you know, you, you'd think that would be uncommon, but it's not. But no, you're, <laughs> you have a special place because... You know, Cindy, I haven't met someone who is very passionate about what they do. And it's one of those industries that's like not necessarily like, oh, my God, I'm going to be rich overnight. But you actually truly do it because you love it. So that's kind of why I'm so excited to have a conversation with you, to be honest. So <laughs> well, thank you. So let's tell everybody, what is it that CarePal does? What does Cindy do? Give me the full backstory for the audience. Oh my goodness, yes. I am Cindy Sim, I am the CEO and founder of Team CarePal. Team CarePal is, well basically we're transforming the caregiving experience through a mobile app and other software to come. The healthcare system is supported by millions of unpaid family caregivers who are looking mm -hmm. after a loved one or an increased risk of burnout, depression, financial insecurity. They are the backbone to our healthcare system and they are completely recognized so yes. we are co-designed by caregivers and we are built around their pain points so we will allow caregivers to connect with their support systems and manage all aspects of their caregiving in one place it's like any other solution on the market right now it, it's it's like you've practiced your pitch <laughs> it's like how I many times have you said that pitch all the time <laughs> Oh, so, many so it, it's kind of funny because every time I uh, we do like the Founders Corner workshop and like we we talk, I talk to founders all the time. I always tell them their pitch is one of those things that's never perfected. In my right. mind, you're constantly adapting to your your pitch. Like to this day, I'm and ours is relatively simple, and yet here we are still making changes to our pitch. So no, I love that pitch that that you can clearly tell you've done it once or twice. <laughs> Actually, just stuck behind the camera against the wall <laughs> before we met because it changed. It already changed. It, it changes. It changes. So that's the actually, you know, that's a really good spot to start things off. <laughs> How many times did you have to go through change? Because, like, in my opinion, the entire story of uh, I don't know if you watch Friends, the Ross taking the you know the couch upstairs, and it's like pivot, like. <laughs> It's 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 a real thing. So how did you decide you were going to get started with this project? One. And then two, how has the experience been so far from, you know, bird's eye view? <laughs> I, my, love my idea. I love the laugh because <laughs> it's so true. I know exactly where you're going to go with it. <laughs> Well, it's just like this little idea I had. And I was like, I, I know a little bit of marketing and business. And I'm like, this would be easy. I'll just make this cute little app and I'll market it. And, you know, I'll just do some customer service and it'll be great. So how easy was making the app? <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
It was so painful. I had no idea. I, I was yeah. completely ignorant and clueless. I, I yeah. was lost. I was being thrown around in an ecosystem I knew nothing about. It's it not easy, is it? it it's was not easy. Everybody always thinks like software, ha it's so easy. I would argue it's harder than manufacturing because manufacturing is more mature. Like it's easier to kind of like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? With software, that's only been around for 10 years. Like we're still yeah. making processes as we go. Well, and you're pivoting while we go too. So even like now there's things available, you know, that weren't available even last year, really. Right. 100%. Like, the technology so, on software just changes on basically every six months. <laughs> yeah. We're not yeah. supposed to as startup entrepreneurs. We're not really even no. supposed to know it all or know what questions no. to ask or, and I just feel the industry really needs to support us. And I, mm -hmm. I sure wasn't. And it, it was costly. It was really, really painful. I, a lot of time, a lot of money, <laughs> a lot of tears. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I was a mess. You know, one of the things that we, we try to do at the workshop is literally, because I agree with you, there is no resources for startups in the software space. And what I find is like a lot of communities or the groups, this is more Canadian, I would say, because they're government paid versus like the US, which is like very privatized communities. But yeah. like one thing I notice is like you get a lot of communities that are basically like, yeah, yeah, rah, rah, we're here, we're right behind you. And then you ask for help and they're like, you're just not big enough yet. <laughs> right? yeah. like, I can't put you on my board saying I helped you because you're not really there according to the government <laughs> standards. So that really bothers me. And how did you get around that? Oh, gosh, I didn't. I just, I, I dove in. It's lonely, like, isn't it? It's so lonely. Yeah. It's so lonely. And I only stumbled my way through it. And I just kind of found a path that seemed to work. And I went down that path mm -hmm. for a bit until it didn't work. And then you just started grabbing on to other things that might work. Like there's no, yeah. there's no set path. There's no, there, like there's, there's no yeah. playbook. There's nothing. No. Yeah, Absolutely I agree not. with that. What uh, what was your path? Paisley. Like if you <laughs> Paisley Churchill, if you're listening, you were my path. <laughs> yeah, well, and she comes from the development background, right? She she has that yes. experience and the process, and she was able yes. to guide you through it. Yes. She was the one that introduced you to us. I know she, she knows what what's I mean. up. She knows what's up. <laughs> she. Did. You know, I honestly, like when I first, I started my journey and I was like, you know, I want to build a native app because yeah. I heard they were the best and I wanted the best. <laughs> so, you know, I wanted something that was the best and then data security was really important to me, right? right? For my vision, that's, those are two things that I needed. And so I went and I researched and I just, I was like, I found some app developers. And then I, you know, for me, I was like, well, they really have to get on, you know, on board with the purpose, the why. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I interviewed them, I was really hoping that they would understand the vision. And I went with the one that understood the vision because I thought that was most important, yeah. <laughs> which it is, but it's yeah. not the only thing. No. So, and then I went down that path and I very quickly realized how horrible it was. Like it just was not for me at all. Not for us, not for a startup. I don't yeah. think like a startup, there's so many more steps that you need to take before you get to that point. Yes. That's like an end point. And yes. I just dove in head first into it. And so, yeah, that's when we very quickly realized. And, you know, unfortunately there was a lot of other things like communication, went through mm -hmm. a lot of different project managers. And I'm going to tell you right now, any startup that's looking to get into bed with an app developing company, take your project manager out for supper and go on a date because it's going to be Honestly. like a marriage. Yeah, it it's literally is. So important. They're yeah. your best and friend. So, honestly, like yeah. they 
like Milan too, like it wasn't even just like, you know, talking about the app in general. I, I feel like he was my therapist to get me through a lot of things. Like and it's kind of funny and- because the, the second contract we got with you guys, I was like, hey, we might be moving Milan off the project management role. And you're like, no, what? No, please don't. <laughs> You're that's like, but, so but, but that's my Milan. No. <laughs> I like message Paisley. I'm like, he's not serious, is he? <laughs> we got to let him know. No. So I immediately didn't because we, we did hire a new project manager. And then you guys were like, no, I don't want. No. <laughs> No, no and we had I, already been through that. Like, and I agree yeah. with you. I think that the project managers play a major role in connecting the team, like the internal team of like the development team to you guys and your team, because they truly do have to understand both sides and really, and I always say this, project management is people management, not project necessarily. Yeah. 100%. 100, yeah. like therapy. It really yeah. is like therapy. Yeah. 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 And so that's a big one. Take, make sure you get along with them. Like that's huge because communication is going to take you far in the game. When you guys were seeking, because we came in after, like again, full disclosure, we did the app for CarePal, but we came in, I think it was six months in to when you guys had started the process with someone. Is that yeah, correct? Uh, probably were eight months. Yeah. Eight months. We, wow. Yeah, can I say what you had received in eight months? Can I say it out loud? Y- you can say what we received yeah (laughs) okay so i think a lot of people will want to know the background the story is that cindy and i met through paisley paisley actually attended one of our workshops and was looking at us like you guys can't be for real because again she comes from the industry right she gets it everything i said she was like Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got introduced. I think you guys were at six months when we got introduced. And you guys had received a, I would say, but this is personal. So, you know, not everyone would agree with me, but I think a mediocre design for your app and a ton of research. And that was $50,000 in. Am I right? Yeah. And I was just like, I looked at Cindy and I was like, can I help you, please? Let Just let me know. So we pulled a really, we did pull a really special deal for you because we did love what you were trying to do. And we did notice that you weren't going for profits. You were going for a mission. And I was just like, I looked at Milan and I was like, Milan, we got to help these guys. Like they have the right mindset. They are moving towards the right direction. Cindy will never quit. She'll never quit. She's stubborn, but not only stubborn, but you know, it's different as an entrepreneur. And I always tell this to entrepreneurs. It's different to want, have a mission and then the money follows versus having a mission to result in the money. There's a very big difference between the two. Like the, the vision to go for, here's my passion. Here's my vision. Here's what my purpose is. The money will just result in it because you're, you're just going to keep grinding it out until you get there. Whereas the ones that like do the mission based on money end up with quitting immediately. I'm fighting for caregivers and they are facing burnout and they have no help. So like why on earth am I going to take my time or not, you know, finish this project or like, I I just don't have a choice. Like as long as they are out there burning out, I'm I'm not going to stop. And I don't know if you, do you remember why I said I love your project? I don't know if you know it. When I was at Manpower and I was building their platform for AHS, for Alberta Health, yeah, Alberta Health, it was caregivers. It was CCAs, comfort care aids that helped the elderly. So the whole point was during COVID, you know, nurses had to take extra precautions and steps. And so they needed help with the other stuff, which is like, you know, like reading to the elderly and things like that. So as soon as you came to me, I was like, 
oh my God, I love what she's doing because I've already dealt with those guys. I've already worked yeah. with those guys. So that's why it was such a passion project for me too because I was like, I we got to help I these guys. That. No, and that's that. that's what it I was. So it, it was... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, that was not paid for. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was of my own free will. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so when you started building the product, what would what would you say besides the product? Okay, let's put product aside. We know that was challenging. What was the next biggest challenge you ever ran into when you were being a founder? Oh, besides that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, besides the biggest thing. Oh, yes. besides that biggest thing. I guess you know, reiterating like selling a product without a product yeah that's fair <laughs> like just because like yeah. i you know because i had said oh i'm gonna have it by this time and then it was like oh i promise i'm gonna have it by this time like yeah. it just made me feel like how am i being taken seriously like when yeah. you know i'm battling out these you know app developer and uh, i just can't move forward so that for me was really a struggle because mm -hmm. i was out there passionately you know paving the way and it, i just couldn't i mean but i did you guys came along and here we are <laughs> And the biggest thing with pre-selling too is like you're kind of selling your entire vision, right? And yeah. it's hard because when you sell the entire vision and at the end of the day, you keep saying, I swear next month, I swear next month. You're right. You don't, um, they take on a kind of step back. And I think at this rate, every company has heard the same story, which is yeah. someone has approached them with, I have this idea. Would you be on board? They don't really have a plan on delivering. Like it's it's not their fault. It's the founder's curse, we'll call it, right? Where they yes. just don't under, they just don't understand understand how hard product is and you know we never when founders come to us they kind of go hey i you know i had this development team i need something like tomorrow and it's been you know a year we never talk poorly because it is hard it's not an easy thing to do i think yeah. all agencies have their agencies people i'm very i i'm very hesitant with people hiring internal teams because it's it takes very special kind of people to be an internal team in my mind because you you can't have a full team so you need pretty much one person that can do like eight different things and those All are hard it. to find yeah but how did how did the fundraising go for you oh <laughs> Well, that was painful. I, I feel yeah. like so in the beginning, we had, you know, definitely some support from like my parents, my husband's parents to kind of, of you know, get that establish that small little Family. pocket of money. And then we dove right into bank loans, the Canadian small business loan. Right. And I think I was like the very first female ever to say. get a business and a loan for an app because it's yeah. not technically a tangible asset. And that took me months and months and I went through one bank, you know, and they were like, yes, yes, love it, love it, yes, everything, yes. And then it got to the very end and they were like, shut down. No, yeah. They had, you know, no money <laughs> nope. for that risky investment in that port, whatever. And so then I went through actually TD Bank and they like, right instantly, they just like, yes. Like yeah. there was just, and I was like, and oh my gosh, wow. You've had a wonderful relationship with them too, right? Which is yes. rare, by the way. Most founders do not have that kind of a, like they don't have a remotely good relationship with their banks if they go through the loan route. Yeah, my bank rep was incredible and she connected me to other bank, you know, members. And then they, you know, I was nominated as a I was influential gonna say. women of the year through TD yes, Bank. Yes, congratulations then, uh, on that. Thank you. Yes. I, I really did say excited. congratulations on LinkedIn, but you know, more officially now. <laughs> It did. 
it, no, it was absolutely amazing. And uh, just for TD to recognize women, you know, entrepreneurs is amazing. And to have that opportunity to be interviewed was phenomenal. And then even, I mean, I had the East Coast manager sit in our health economic model video mm -hmm. as well. Like she was there and she emailed me after and she just loved it. And, you know, yeah, it's just, I mean, who does that? Like, yeah, so they were amazing. Not a lot of banks, I can promise you that. <laughs> they, they may have a very misunderstanding of what software development is, but they do not do that at all. No. Uh, I no. always find people, like the banks especially, they're always about the tangible, right? And it's like, you do realize data is tangible, code yeah. is not. And I have yeah. this argument on a regular basis. I think you mentioned it to me with TD and I was like, put me in a room with TD, let's see what happens. <laughs> Well, because like I got them to wrap their head around that it is it is an investment. It is yeah. worthy of, you know, investing in. But then we had to get through all the check boxes. And one of them right. was they wanted me to insure it. But their check boxes were so dated, you know, because they're yeah. carved out in stone. Yeah. And so one of them was getting like fire insurance on my app, you know, and I was like, fire I can't. insurance, fire insurance. <laughs> And I was like, I can't, I can't do that. That's just not possible. Like, and so I had to get what my does insurance. Fire guy. insurance mean? And that's what and they were like, Well, I don't know. Like, and the policy has to be in your company's name. And I was like, I can't even do that. Like, it's not what? And so yeah. So I had to get my insurance guy, who's absolutely amazing, uh, to call my bank and I got every all the stakeholders in the room and I would have like, just said, like, Yeah, sure, fire insurance. Up. Here you go. <laughs> If the it was like ridiculous. Yeah. So those were those little hurdles in the background that even though they said yes right away, there was still, you know, some hurdles we had to get over. So I love that but. you didn't take the traditional model because most people will go after VCs and, and target the angels. And like, if it doesn't happen, they quit. But you you took the more the bank route, which is unique by lot. Like, I, I would say you're probably one of the only ones that has a bank loan for startup. No, maybe See, two, maybe two. Honestly, I've dealt with. I, I wouldn't have even known anything other. That's just the reality. That's, fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. You know like, what I was you just know. stumbling through yeah. again. Like, you know, yeah. it was a path I took and it seemed to work. Yeah. And that's that's exactly what I always tell people is like in this when we're dealing with startups and when we're doing the coaching and consulting, we always tell them, look, there is no playbook on how to get this done correctly, but I can <laughs> promise you I've done a thousand things wrong. So, yes. so I know a thousand ways not to do it, and, but I don't have have a playbook on how to do it correctly. I just have more yeah. experience on the things not to do. Um, well, which, and all honestly, you should go the non-dilutive funding route first anyway, in my opinion. As much but as you can. Yeah. yeah. So, well, and it depends if you really truly believe in your idea. And I think that's where a lot of people hesitate is the bank loan yeah. to them is like they're still on the hook. Whereas yeah. with like an angel and VC, they're really taking on the risk with you. That's so it's it. more of a confirmation to yourself that, hey, like, okay, my idea has to mean something because this guy's willing to risk it as well. That's right. right. So it's or, more yeah. like a, a personal. Yeah. I'm in this. Like, yeah. I'm in this. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. And that kind of goes back to my model of, you know, there's a passion behind what you do and there's a passion what you do to make money. They're two different things. And I would invest in people like you, Cindy, 100% of the time, just so you're aware. No, legit, because you will fight everything you have in you to make it work. Whereas I think the other side, like it, it's coming too hard. They'll, I'm not saying all of them, but they will crack yeah. faster than the ones that are doing it just out of love. Yeah. So yeah. Bravo. 100%. I give you Thank you. Applause. Thank you so much. Applause. I appreciate that. This is, uh, this is, uh, this podcast is uh, sponsored by Ego Stroking. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> 
But the other funding routes, like uh, for me as a founder, uh, it wasn't until I stumbled upon Edmonton Unlimited. Right. And then they started, then I started going through their programs. because so I was mm -hmm. like, hey, there's there's programs. Like exactly what you guys are talking about with Quarter, which I absolutely yeah. love because yours is going to be focused on the software yeah. um, development and the business behind it. Because yeah. I mean, every business is different. And so through them, you know, then I was able to, you know, learn about Alberta Innovates and then, you know, all these other grant Brands. opportunities and you yeah. get, you know, in, you know, shot out into the network of everything. And, and then you learn the ecosystem. And I think uh, that's really important. The, the ecosystem is huge because you need to understand that you're not alone. And I think with a lot of entrepreneurs, they they feel alone a lot. Yeah. Um, actually, I was talking to two gentlemen last week sometime. And we were talking about, and actually, before I, I say this part, what did you think of the ecosystem that is the government-funded ecosystem? So Alberta Innovates, for example, is funded by Alberta, the government of Alberta. And then you have like a couple of Canadian grants out there. What are your thoughts? Let, let's hear as a founder what you think <laughs> of grants and government funding funded communities? Uh, you know what? I've been really spoiled because I think it really comes down to your advisor with them. Yes, and I have built a very strong relationship with all of my advisors. I have so okay. many advisors and mentors. I, I couldn't even name them all to you right now. Oh my God, that's <laughs> like, a full-time job alone. I literally just like collect them and never let them go. Yeah. And so we had Rick Davidson as our Alberta Innovates TDA. Unfortunately, he retired. Rick, if you're out there, I'm still mad at you for this. I'm um, mad at you too. But that, you know, they're rare, the good ones. <laughs> yeah. But we also learned that you had to follow the steps. There's a strict, you know, guideline. They want to see certain metrics. They want to see you check yep. the boxes and do the things. And so we actually had to kind of backtrack a little bit and get some things in order yep. so that we could progress. And the same was with, you know, we, we got funding through IRAP as well. And same thing, like we had to start at the very beginning. We had to start building that relationship, you know, get them to do some yep. research projects for us, start small. And then you kind of had to work your way up. Yeah. So, the thing we noticed is is a lot of startups, they become really reliant on those grants. And I think that is the worst kind of way of funding because yeah. you're at the mercy of the government. Yeah. And the government is not technologically advanced one two they don't truly know the startup world and when you do grants like that the the entrepreneurs become really reliant on alberta like for example if they have an advisor named in alberta innovates you're right that every single one of them are unique in their own way but i haven't met one yet that has had their own startup yeah but they're very really but, but they're very very critical of startups and i'm like you've never done this so how are you being so critical <laughs> about it right and I, I'll have conversations with a couple of them where I'm like, you're so off. Like it's actually, you shouldn't have yeah. this job. And so, yeah, I feel like with the grants, I think the issue comes down to the government where the government will say, here's the metrics I need you to hit, right? Otherwise I'm uh -huh. shutting this program down because uh -huh. it's no longer worth it because I'm not going to be able to convince taxpayers money to do this, right? Yeah. And so when you create a job where you have to do very particular things in order to keep your job, that's where I think things go wrong, right? Because yeah. like other government programs, they're looking at, are you where I need you to be for me to record you as a win? If not, I need to move on. Yeah. So you're not actually helping build the ecosystem. You're really just trying to show off the ecosystem, which I think there's yeah. two different things. But I mean, that's just what their mandate is. Like, you know, exactly. I don't think they can do anything about it. But in the States, because everything is private, 
community, their help for their startups is incredible. They give you every resource they possibly can to make sure you're successful because they're privately funded. And then, you know, of course, at the end of the day, they need something. And, you know, then you become successful. They have their own mandate. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. I just feel like it's a little bit different. Okay, so if you're to pivot away from from the grants, because they are, yeah, they are different. I found a huge success in the other types of services provided, like Expert on Demand, the Airbnb program, and Technology Alberta. Oh my goodness, I don't even know where I would be without those programs. They are probably 100%. the most value to, to be able to give us experts, like, and they would pay for the experts. I tell you, that is. Is that incredible. government funded too? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So there are some programs that are good. Yes. Just the main Absolutely ones. Amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Like, so I. I hats off to that. But yeah, I, I, I haven't experienced the USA ecosystem. I have told every entrepreneur, I'm like, the first thing you need to do is wrap yourself around the ecosystem. It doesn't yeah. matter what it is. Like you have to get involved. Again, my only concern is when I tell them that they kind of go in too heavy and their entire focus becoming part of the ecosystem. And they kind of forget that they have a product that they have to build. <laughs> <laughs> I can right? totally see that. Because, because yeah. you have, you only have so much time in your day to be able to manage the entire business because you don't have the resources to do everything. You really don't. You got to pick and choose, right? So it's true. 100%. And that's a big pain point of it because you're trying to get out there. You're trying to grow your brand and you're trying to, you know, build the base. But at the same point, you're trying to like build your product as well. 100%. How was it being a female founder? Because there's a lot of resources coming around for female founders <laughs> right now. If I was a female founder, I would want to be a female founder today. Because yes. there's so yes. many supports, resources yes. that are just specific well, to females. pros and cons, though. There's yes. still not enough. We're still, yeah. like, hurt, right? If I By were to, way, like, pitch to VCs, I... I like, come on, like the chances of women getting VC funding is absolutely ridiculous. Which, which to me is mind blowing because in my opinion, women work harder than men. Yeah. It, I, I don't care is, what anyone says. And what do they do with wealth? They, they drive change. It. They reinvest it into their communities. Women do amazing, amazing things with it. So can I be honest with you though? In my yes. opinion, the reason women do that though is because of the fact that women also don't get the resources that the guys do. So they're a lot smarter with the money because they don't get access to as much money as as men do. Men get access to too much money and then they're just like cowboys when it comes to it. So I'm with you. I'm with you. But I think if you change that, I think you might start balancing the seesaw. And you might be right with that. You might right? be. But I really think as women, we we are in, we are the caretakers usually of, yeah. of families. We are out in the communities. We see the pain points. We see what needs to be solved. And we just, we want to fix them. I'm with you. Know? you. I, I don't judge. Like I think men, women doesn't matter to me, but like I love women founders. I don't know why yeah. they get such stigma around them. I get both sides of the story and I'm just kind of like, you can say the same thing about the other sides. I don't it's really, true. right? But so, as, a, like, as a tip for women out there, if they're thinking about starting yes. their companies, put that was you the know, point 50. of this topic. Is yeah, what yeah, tips yeah. do you have for women founders? <laughs> <laughs> Give yourself fifty-one percent of the shares. Oh, and that's make smart. It. Yeah, be majority-owned woman company because there is, like you said, there is a lot of opportunity right now. Yes. I agree with you. So yeah, as a female influencer, I'm glad we were able to ask you because, you know, at the end of the day, it is a challenge for female founders to kind of break through the barrier. But I would say today is like the best time for you to be a female founder, in my opinion. Um, There's a lot of resources. That being said, maybe not enough, but still 
significantly more because I've seen some VCs being made by female only VCs and they're just female only investments. So yes. men don't even and like to be honest, straight like straight up they say do. no male. <laughs> I think we were talking to one VC and they were like, I think their mandate was anything but white men. That was like, (laughs) that was, I was like, that's kind of racist, but I mean, (laughs) but what what am I going to say? Like, hey man, that's racist. Well, that's, you know, the pendulum is swinging a little, yeah. you know, it'll come back and it'll balance out. Exactly. But, you know, As always. I mean, women are a little angry right now. They're just getting <laughs> into the game. They're just getting into the game. Well, think about it. Like myself, you know, I grew up, you know, on the farm. Yep. Right. And so I, I did know, not my know role, that. Yeah. My role was in the kitchen doing yep. the cooking and the cleaning. I didn't get to drive the tractor, you know, that's fair. and so I didn't get invited to, you know, the finances discussions or the table yep. or anything like that. You know, I was that traditional female, my generation just now are coming to the table and we are taking control of finances. We are starting our own companies and we are just showing up now. Go nuts. Yeah. I would, I've told my wife multiple times, I would be more than happy to be a stay at home dad. (laughs) (laughs) I think I can manage the home, uh, home stuff. No problem. If she makes more money than me, I am more than happy to stand back, cheer her on, you know, in our current situation, it's not the case, but hopefully in the future, you never know. You never know. You never know. Yeah, definitely. I did she, the stay-at-home mom thing for years. So. There you go. She's brilliant. So I'm I'm sure she'll break through eventually. Oh, with you behind her? Yeah, totally. Right now she's behind me. So, you know, like she's pushing <laughs> me and being my rock. So, but you know, I, at the end of the day, you know, this is kind of opposite. This is more relationship advice, I guess. But, you know, I always tell founders, you do need that support factor. Like, especially when they're in a relationship, you need yeah. that person to be able to stand by you and be yeah. a rock through the entire process because it's not easy. And like you said, like there's a lot of tears that happen, right? It's not just for females that cry. Like I went, you, everybody goes through the struggle and it is heartbreaking. It is exciting. There's no middle ground. It's like swings, right? <laughs> exactly. It's a roller coaster of an experience. I always tell, I'm, I'm always like, I don't know why I'm crazy. Like, I don't know why I deal with startup world. Like it's it's an emotional roller coaster. I think I'm going to die sooner because of it. Yeah, pretty much. I think I've aged a decade since I started this. And I, you know, it's a good point there because like I raised my babies until they were like grown. How many and, kids uh, do you have, Cindy? Well, two, but they're adults. Two, okay. They're yeah. adults. Okay, okay. Okay. They're adults. 21, 20. Yeah. And so Cindy, you like, look like you're 25. How do you have two <laughs> adult children? I married my high school sweetheart. Oh, there young. you go. Wow. What a good, you have such a, tr- I love your story. <laughs> look at this. This is, this is textbook storytelling right here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he followed me home. <laughs> I remember meeting him and he was like, because of the whole situation with their first development company, when he met us, he was like, very like, you better not hurt her. She's my everything. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's okay. I got her. Don't worry. Yeah. 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 She's in good hands now. (laughs) He's very protective of me. I love it. But again, um, you're rock, right? You need someone in that situation. Well, and we sat, I actually sat him and the kids down. I was like, listen, before I take on Team Care Pal, I need to know that this is going to be okay. Because like, I'm not going to be around. I'm not going to no. be that same person. I am gonna, not going to leave my office for years. Yep. You know, could be like, this is my new baby. And I, I, you know, I needed to make sure that my family was behind me on it. And yep. they were. They it's not, were, and it's, they cheer me on all the time. It's not easy. It's you need your partner on your side. Yeah. You really do. I'm with yeah. you 100% on that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yes. I love it. We talked about the products. We talked about finance. We talked about relationship advice. This is great. (laughs) This is why I wanted you on here, Cindy. And and the other one real quick is peer support. Find find the peer support. Like that was, you want to talk about like what helped me get through the journey. When I went through the pre-accelerator through Alberta Innovates, or not Alberta Innovates, uh, Edmonton Unlimited, the Mm -hmm. uh, pre-propel program. I don't know, man. I met like 10 other companies, startup companies, and we literally like survived war, it felt like you know, together every day we were like on camera together for months. Like, and at the end of it, we built these relationships. It was like going to camp, like summer camp as a kid. We still connect. We still email. Mm -hmm. We still go out for coffees. Like we, they are my brothers and sisters in war bed. (laughs) So let me ask you this because I'm curious about this. I want to know if it happens to everybody. Did you guys notice that your stories were identical in a lot of ways? Like every time you guys were like, I'm struggling with this. There's like six others that just turn around. And we're like, oh my God, yes, I'm yes. going through the exact same thing. Yes, yes. That's what I always tell my founders. I'm like, you're not the only one experiencing no. what you're experiencing. No. Every single one goes through the same emotion, but you need that support system. Yeah, 100%. And and strategic pauses, like just to yeah. kind of get back to the basics and somebody to talk to about it. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of my friends and family, they don't understand what I do. I couldn't no. even begin to describe to them. Yeah. Like I go back home and they're like, so aren't you building that app? When's that going? You know, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I hate that story so much when they ask you, how is that app going? And you're like, shut up. I don't want to talk I- about it. I'm like, I don't even know. I'm not even going to start. <laughs> no. but like, I it, hate it, that it, question. But th- they're doing it out of care. They're not doing it out of like malicious. No, things. no, they do. But like, I yeah. remember how ignorant I was in the beginning of yeah. my journey. Like, they're even more so. Like, yeah, so, oh, yeah. you know, but like to try to explain my journey, <laughs> it'd be like therapy. Yeah. All over again. It is therapy. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with Just you. Tell it them is I'm therapy. Good. This is why I actually really enjoy talking to startups all the time. Like the reason I love doing my workshop is because when I talk to them, all you see in the room is. Yes. <laughs> so this lady in Portland and, and part of our workshop is to basically be able to say, clear, create focus. Like you want to make sure you're focused and make sure you avoid these things because what happens is you're going to stretch your development team too far and they're not going to do anything well. They're just going to do everything mediocre, right? And and immediately she was like literally like this at the workshop. She was like, and then so we always have a session where we're like, okay, work on that work, uh, worksheet. And I came yeah. to her and I was like, are you okay? And she's like, I needed this before I started my product. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, everything you told me not to do. I did and I've suffered for it. And here's where I'm at right now. And I was like, okay, stick around after the class or or the workshop. And I'm more than happy to give you some like free advice as a business person. And as a developer, I'll give you true advice. And when she stuck around and I sat down with her and I said, look, here's what you need to do. Refocus. Don't go trying to fix all those other things. You're going to delay your project further. You're a platform you need this part to be this big and then your customers will follow, right? Because you can't do marketing for both sides. So I gave her that advice. I think it was a month later. I got an email from her and she was like, thank you so much. I changed all all the suggestions you made. We now have actual inventory to sell. We actually have customers. Like I have goosebumps just telling that story, right? And that's what I love. I love, I hate when startups fail because it's not their fault. They don't have the resources. It's such a like a wild, wild west when it comes to the startup world. And I hate that. I hate that. It is true. You're 100% right. 
And this is exactly what I mean by like, you know, community, the community needs to help them through that. That's the whole point of a community, not yeah. for the ones that have already made it. I yeah. get it. You're trying to say, okay, if you have enough with you, you'll make it. But like, there's some that will make it if you just guide them a little bit. Yeah. Well, and then here's the other thing. So you go back to like that VC kind of ecosystem, right? And so you got to get in there and you got to, you know, meet everyone and and you have to play the game. You have to, as much as I don't want to, you have to. It's it's the worst thing. I hate it. But I go to these like events, you know, where all these, you know, founders and entrepreneurs are going to be, and you're supposed to be all supported and stuff, but you walk in there and there's this sense that everybody knows what they're doing and they got their chefs puffed up, you know, like, and there's no authenticity whatsoever. And I was like, like, how am I like going to get help in here? Like, I feel like if I were to ask a question, they would look at me like I'm an idiot or, you know, like yeah. I want to go to like Alcoholics Anonymous for like entrepreneurs. I want to yeah. be like, hi, my name is Cindy. I am a startup. By the way, that exists and it's a very successful program. It's called Fuck Ups. <laughs> I'm not joking. There's one in Edmonton. I'm not joking. There's one in Edmonton. There's one in YYC. I actually know the people who run it at YYC and they do a wonderful job. They do amazing every time I see it. But it's all about how you fucked up. Embracing failure. That's, I think, their motto. And and you're right. There isn't that. Like Because everyone's puffed up their chest because they're like, I'm talking to VCs and I got to prove myself, right? And it's like, to be frank, like I as a VC, I'm only looking about you and how you're going to make through it. Not that you're already there. Not necessarily. Right. So I'm with you. I think we should make that program. I think so. Like, you know, I fuck up. I I see somewhere. And Edmonton <laughs> entrepreneur, SAS pro- edition. We'll call it SAS edition. Yes, there you go. Oh, I love it. Yeah, somewhere, I don't know, just somewhere for us to go to. And I would like to give back to that ecosystem too. So like, you know, maybe I'm a little bit further along and I've done my fuck ups a little yes. bit more. You yes. know, I could share those and I could give that advice. And I want to hear other people, you know, talk about it too. Because I mean, nobody has it all together. Nobody has it 100%. I agree. So I agree. stop pretending like you do. It's yeah. not okay. You know, what i think we're actually planning to do a discord channel specifically for founders corner but literally all it's about is like hey tell us about your failure and maybe someone will jump in and and tell you like here's what i did to avoid that or here's how i manage that so cindy you're one of our in-house entrepreneurs now is what i heard there (laughs) yes done i will you know the only reason that you can have a strong ecosystem is by giving back to that ecosystem you know and so many people like i said i collect advisors and mentors like they're going out of style and i don't let them go (laughs) i will give back to that ecosystem because of all the help that i've been given we're only as strong as we are together like i just i feel really strong i love it cindy this is why i love you this is why (laughs) you are special special guest for me today yes so thank you so much for being there, being yeah. there for the community and also being here for us again for the community. So I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. What would be your one final advice to every entrepreneur out there starting their software SaaS business? Get Don't really do- comfortable with your why. Know your why. No, it's the only yeah. thing that's going to yeah. drive you forward. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's the one thing that's going to keep you up at night. It's the first thing that's going to make you hit the ground running in the morning. And it's going to get you through all of those really hard load times. I love it. That's great advice. I agree with that. I agree with that. Because it is about grit. It's about grit. And if you don't have a strong why, you ain't going to stick it out. It's it's not going to work. Nope. I'm with you. Cindy, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. Thank you for giving (laughs) back to the community, even though it's only in Edmonton, which uh, which is a shame. Because I think you should be international community giver. We will. 
We, we will. will. One day, you go. we will. My girl. We there got big go. plans. <laughs> we do. We do. Definitely we do. All right. For everyone else at the Founders Corner, thank you guys all for tuning in and listening in to Cindy. Tell her story from start to finish and being brutally honest, too. And I appreciate yeah. that, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Because they deserve that. <laughs> but if you have any comments and concerns, let us know down in the comments. We'll relay the information to Cindy. And like she yeah. said, she wants to give back to you guys. So ask away and I'll help. She'll help. You got a crew here. So take advantage of that. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Seth. This thank you, Cindy, for being here. I appreciate you. All right, Founders Corner. Till next time, Corridor out. <laughs>